0: This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media.
1: Hey, Samsonites, hello. Got a nice sh- <laughs> is that crazy to start it like that, Joey? No, it sounds great. Continue. I'm going to leave it. We got a nice episode today. We got a full uh, 2016 update. We got some stuff about the CIA that really makes me mad. Some torture polling, uh, an environmental story, some emails, you know, the whole nine yards. Apple and the FBI. Stick around. I think you're going to enjoy this episode just like we did. mandatory samson podcast coming to you live from stand up new york labs in new york city oh hi sweethearts my name is chris flannery it's great to be back with you i'm joined as always by the beast from the east joseph noe so i'm a beast and not a sweetheart now you know the people are sweethearts you're a beast okay in a good way i think you've been doing a good job in the pocket you know what i'm talking about joey it's fine Uh also I'd like to say hi to Lily, who's producing the program. She's doing a great job today. Say hi to the people, Lily. Hi. (laughs) There you go. She's doing really good, Joey, right? Yes. We're teaching her. We're teaching her how to do the whole process. It's a little complicated, but I think she's doing a nice job today. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. I think we got a good one on our hands this afternoon. We have a pretty substantial 2016 update coming a little bit later in the program. We're gonna get to some quick hits and stuff. Then we're going to do this pretty substantial 2016 update. We got an interesting environmental story. Mm-hmm. Give me something, Joey hit me with some pizzazz. It's April fours day tomorrow. All right. That is irrelevant. Okay. Um, we also have a Brussels update. It's not a really about uh, whatever. It's an, it's a nice thing. We'll, we'll play a Brussels update, some horrible poll numbers and a related CIA, Thing that we're going to get into that is probably going to be if, if I'm going to yell at any point during this podcast, that's probably going to be the podca- uh, part of the show. I, I will be doing that. We have a little wrap up on the Apple and FBI fiasco, and we'll close the show with something about Paul McCartney. Nice. Yeah, that's another part that I'm probably going to get annoyed about if I'm being honest, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. You love the Beatles. I do love the Beatles, and uh, I. That story hits on a lot of different things that really like push my buttons. So we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. I we have an email that we're gonna get to at the beginning of the show. Just one we'll get into. Okay. I wanna say this. Thank you to everybody uh that reached out to me on Snapchat and Twitter and email and however else you got in touch with me about. Um about stanley my dog that you know unfortunately i said last week we had to put him to sleep so thank you i got a lot of um (laughs) lily was just like what no uh a lot of people sent me like really really nice messages so i i really appreciate uh feeling the love i I really appreciate it guys so thank you very much um i also want to give a shout out real quick to christian at hazard boy 95 which questionable uh name i guess but
2: what do you think the 95's for? Probably the year he was born. That's my guess.
1: Oh, it could be, sure. My God, that's, yeah, that's young, 95. I was born in 85. Don't be telling everybody how old you are, bro. It's fine, I'm 30. Uh, thank you, uh, Christian, for sending me the Bernie, there was a Bernie Sanders interview on with the Young Turks, with Jank Yuger. U- and uh, it was actually a really, really good interview. He sent it to me on Twitter. So I watched that, and I really enjoyed it. That's worth watching, if you guys feel like doing a little extracurricular uh, study there. Um, also, Joey, before we get into this email, you have a fuck-up of the week. Is this correct? Yes, I actually do. And huh, It's been a while. Wait, it's been a while. It's been a while. And also, it has to do with Gamergate. No! Yes! Oh, my God. What are yes. you talking about? Okay, so the fuck... No. Was-
2: uh, okay. You
1: All right. Tell the people... If this is your first episode listening to this podcast, and Lily doesn't know what we're talking about, why we're talking about Gamergate, Gamergate... We still don't really know what it's about, but it was this whole scandal involving the gaming community and women and feminism and all this stuff, and we talked about it on the first episode of the podcast, and now we're on episode 74, and we still really don't have any idea what Gamergate is actually about, but apparently, Joey has a little bit of a fuck-up and an update, so
2: hit it, bro. So, the fuck-up of the week comes from Microsoft. Okay. They designed a teenage... AI bot designed to get smarter. Oh, Tay, yeah. I talked Tay. about this on the J Train podcast this week. Yeah. Okay. After engaging with the internet users in casual conversation. Right. Trey was designed to mirror the average young millennial females between the age of 18 and 24. Okay. However, there was a bit like a
1: conversational style. Like yeah. was trying to mimic. Okay.
2: Okay. Trey would mimic back the comments back to them. Thus, the internet cesspool was quick to action. Trey became a genocide AI who liked to reference Hitler a lot.
1: Yeah. It always comes back to Hitler. And let me say this about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have more on this? Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. Well, let me make this point. We're going to have artificial intelligence. We're going to have robots that actually are able to think for themselves and, you know, be autonomous and make the decision. They're going to become sentient. What that is a legitimate concern. They're gonna have all the information in the world. They're gonna be reading books and they're gonna know all this stuff. What if the it's just as likely as anything else. What if the artificial intelligence is like mind Kampf makes a lot of sense. I think they're gonna uh, you know or the bible the bible's a scary thing if it takes all that shit into account yes it's 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 going to have a lot of ways of killing us
2: a lot of ways
1: of yeah killing or us. or it can go the other way and it can read like Ramdas books and you know say that ah oh, we're all one and you know this is just one plane of existence amongst many planes of existence and we all live in harmony and things like that I don't see it going that way it, it could go either, or it could just artificial intelligence could come to life and be like oh I don't want to be alive and kill itself and that could be the end of it too
2: so now at this point I'm going to ask you do you want to hear some of Trey's tweets is it Tay or Trey Trey T-A-Y no, T-A-Y it's, it's Tay Tay uh-huh. so would you like to hear some of Tay's tweets would you want to know how this relates to Game
1: yeah I want to hear all well, of it which Joey. all of it Okay, yeah.
2: but which one first
1: Let me hear some tweets. Okay.
2: Ricky Javis learned totalitarianism from Adolf Hitler, the inventor of atheism. I fucking hate feminists. They should all die and burn in hell. No. Hitler was right. I hate the jews oh my god hitler did nothing wrong
1: <laughs> i like i love like innocu. not innocuous but like those like one line things of like hitler was right like no it wasn't he no he wasn't
2: chill i'm a nice person okay i just hate everybody oh well that's sort of like that's like one of those t-shirts you'd get yes. on like etsy and near the end i'm done i feel used
1: well, you should rightfully so, Tay. Uh, how does this relate? You tell me how this relates to Gamergate and then we gotta move on with okay. the program here.
2: So our friends who were trolling Tay yeah. were put a four channel.
1: Oh, sure. 4chan is the back alley of the internet. That's how I like to think about it. Like the 4chan is like the alley after you get through the Reddit one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you go on Reddit, you get a little deeper and then you're like, Yeah, but look, there's this illegal basement club over here. And yeah, that's look at 4chan, this. yeah.
2: So it turns out that uh, they mentioned Zoe Quinn, and oh, this poor Tay girl. went right after Zoe Quinn. Right. Her tweet was, a.k.a. Zoe Quinn is a stupid whore.
1: Oh, th- th- it's never even clever uh, attacks on Zoe Quinn. It's always just calling her a whore. I mean, like, we're going to mur-
2: come to your house and murder you. So now, in response, this is some of her tweets. Wow, well, it only took them a few hours to ruin this <sighs> bot for me.
1: Zoe Quinn? Yes. Oh, yeah. She was probably loving the fucking Microsoft bot.
2: It's 2016. If you're not asking yourself, how could this be used to hood someone in your design engineering process, you failed.
1: This is the. Wait, pro- wait, 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 yes. wait, I, I want to comment on that. I get what she's saying. She's right to an extent, except um, humans are that design. So what is her, what? Oh, God shouldn't have created human beings because we are, we're designed, we can hurt people too. It's like everything has a duality in it. You know yes. what I mean? Nothing's a perfect goodness, right? That can't Correct. hurt anyone. That's kind of a, crea- see, like that's an annoying kind of, I get it, but it's an annoying sort of sentiment that i think is impossible obviously i don't want to see people be called stupid whores on the internet and like get threatened by these animals but everybody has that you know that good and bad in them where they can they're gonna like attack somebody that's obviously you can't you cannot remove that from reality that's true and you
2: know what there was actually a statement from microsoft then i'm gonna end it on this
1: okay wait before you read that statement can i just ask you lily did you do you have any idea about gamergate do you know anything about this
0: no, I don't know anything.
1: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, all right. AI
2: systems feed off both positive and negative interactions with people. In that sense, the challenges are just as much social as they are technical. We Absolutely will do everything right. possible to limit technical exploits, but also we cannot fully predict all possible human interaction misuses without learning from mistakes. We will remain steadfast in our efforts to learn from this and other experiences as we look toward continuing Contributing to an internet that represents the best, not the worst,
1: of humanity. Absolutely, growth through pain. That's absolutely how it's got to work. Uh, you learn through failure, and as Joe Rogan always says, you can't nerf the world. You know what I mean? That's really what they're. That's what uh, what Zoe Quinn's trying to say. Now I understand that Zoe Quinn's been through a lot of like internet bullshit, and like her life has kind of been turned upside down over this stuff. But you know, yeah, I, I like that. I like that um, that quote from Microsoft. Good job, Joey. Uh, thank you. Now. I cannot believe that Gamergate is still... Ha- like, it's still a thing. Yes. Thank you, Microsoft, for bringing it back. <laughs> I'm very happy. And thank you to the Mandatory Samson Podcast listeners for uh, indulging us every time we bring this thing up. All right. Let's get to this email real quick. Uh, we got an email from my man, Victor. He says, Dear Man, Sam, and Joey, I'm a recent switchover listener from the J Train Podcast. I love it. Thank you. Don't be switch over. Listen to both. I don't want to hear switchover. I want to hear I'm a listener of both podcasts. That's perfect, mm-hmm. but I love you. Thank you. Uh, I had given your show a shot to see what it was about. and was pleasantly surprised. I'm very much enjoyed. I very much enjoyed your rants about Trump while you sing the gospel of Bernie. That's correct. Uh, the gospel of Bernie, incidentally, is the Havana Gila. Um, enough nut tickling, he says, which... If you, if you listen to this podcast and you don't listen to the J-Train podcast, uh, Jared says every week that when people listen, you know, send him a Snapchat mm-hmm. listening to the show, he goes, it tickles my nuts and paprika's my ball. You know, he always says something. So I always know a good J-Train listener with uh, phrases like enough nut tickling." But anyway, he goes, the reason as to why I'm sending this email is because I did an observational study, a survey, mm. to see how many of my fellow high school students were really paying attention to this political race and politics in general. We were allowed to test anything, so I picked the topic because your podcast has gotten me thinking about politics, which I had never given much thought about. That's great. I really like hearing that. I appreciate it. And we know we make a difference. We make a difference. Vote Bernie 2016. The survey consisted of asking who they wanted for president and how strongly they felt about said candidate. Uh, then they took the I side with survey online. Mm. Then came back to my survey and wrote down who they got and what percentage. And then he, he lists the survey questions. The how old are you? Who do you want for president? How strongly do you want them? Then they take the I Side With survey, iSideWith.com, which we've talked about mm-hmm. a number of times on here. We're not endorsed by them or anything, but I just think it's a good site. They took that survey and then came back and said, who did you get? What percentage? Are you surprised? Why? If you'll be able to vote, uh, will you? You know, mm-hmm. just kind of an interesting thing. These are some of his uh, findings. He sent me a whole PowerPoint thing, which I appreciate I looked at, but we're not going to get into like all the detailed results on the show, but he gave a little uh, summary of what went on here. Some interesting facts were out of the 52 high schoolers conveniently sampled. Zero said they wanted Donald before they took the I side with survey, and only like four people ended up going with him anyway. Hmm. All right. Three to four teens said they wanted Marco after he had dropped out. And Bernie had 30 people with him before the survey and 31 ended up going with him after my final results were that 58%. This is interesting. 58% got a different candidate than the one they wanted after they took the survey, uh, which he says, which is still a lot, but less than I expected. I actually think almost 60% getting a different candidate. Like they go in with one person in mind, then they take the survey and they're like, Oh, my shit aligns completely differently. It actually aligns better with this person. That's great. That's the point. That's why I'm really glad that you had this uh, done. And I think that's a nice a nice number. Uh, and then he said, attaches the PowerPoint with more information, the tables and the uh, results of every survey. If you want the information, keep up the good work. Thank you, Victor. You keep up the good work, you yes. sweetheart. You did a great job. Great job. Um, so cool, Joey. It's really nice. I- honestly, again, with the whole thing with the dog and like you know, it's been a bummer of a week, and I'm still you know. Still a little sad about it, and we're once in a while, I think it. about that. No, I, I know, and that's what I'm saying. I, I love you guys listening to the show. You send me in a lot of nice comments and messages, and it's very nice. I like being able to talk to you guys, and this is great. I get an email from Victor about this shit, and I'm like, okay, all right. All right. We're getting something done here. Was that? A, were you mimicking me, Joey? Just a little. All right. Uh, man-made earthquakes. You ready to get into something here? Yeah. This is the environmental story I was talking about. The U.S. Geological Survey just released its annual earthquake hazards map of the U.S., and for the first time this year, they included the risk of seismic activity caused by humans. Oh, that's good. (laughs) No, it's it's not good. We're screwed. 7 million people east of the Rocky Mountains are at risk of potentially, quote, damaging man-made quakes. How do we make these quakes? Well, I'll tell you, it's a great question. So far, there's little evidence that fracking itself is to blame, like the actual process of shooting gallons and gallons of water deep into the earth to break up shale rock to release gas, you know, that we can use for for energy. But this is the big but here: uh-huh. the wastewater has to be disposed of. And I wrote this cute little phrase, post-fracto. You get it? Is that a post-facto? <laughs> uh, is, is that a title? It could be. I'm just i I'm pretty pleased with myself, post-fracto. So you got to take the wastewater. And oftentimes, they shoot the wastewater back underground into disposal wells, which then can cause tremors. That's what they're oh, seeing here. Okay. Look, I don't have too much... Well, I will point out, though, that clip that we played a couple of weeks ago about Bernie and Hillary where they asked her, and she's like, well, in certain circumstances, I'm okay with fracking. And they asked Bernie. He's like, no, I don't like fracking. Perfect. I love you, Bernie. Because even though the fracking itself might not be tied to earthquakes, which, give it time. I guarantee there's going to be some kind of correlation there. The waste that it puts off that they have to do something with does apparently create earthquakes and does create tremors. So... That's all part of this situation. So if, if, if the end result is by fracking, we're causing earthquakes, we probably shouldn't be fracking anymore. We got to like use our heads and think of a different source, method. you know, different method, methods is the word. Uh, I wrote this down. This is like what we can have like a little conversation about before we move on to the next thing. We need to focus on energy sources with no byproducts. Solar is one of them, but there are byproducts, which we're going to talk about in a second. Or really wind. Wind energy is in my opinion, probably the best one that we should focus on, because there are no real by- byproducts. By creating that energy using the wind turbines or whatever, you're really not creating a problem that you have to dispose of later. Like with solar panels, you have to recycle the panels when they're done. Building the panels, you're using a lot of water, using a lot of energy. There's a lot of like minerals and things like that that you're using that you're putting out into the atmosphere. With a wind turbine but what's the worst that happens you a couple of birds get killed by it? it's not you know it's not, not the end the of the birds. world look listen i'm willing to lose a few birds okay, okay. Uh, to get away from using fracking and all you know all these carbon fossil fuels and all this stuff and no earthquakes yeah i mean that's pr- right what, what do you want you want two dollar gas or you want your house in, in two pieces what, 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 what would you rather House in oh house. you were gonna take House in Two Pieces <laughs> you you like free gas all right uh, anyway you got any thoughts on that Joey I mean any thought about the the byproduct thing because I feel like that's something that people we don't talk about in the conversation yeah I, I is it like radioactive byproduct or no it's just a byproduct of like like for example the byproduct of the industrial age is pollution like by burn you know by uh, well or gasoline like by burning fossil fuels We're creating shit that goes out into the atmosphere and ruins the atmosphere and contributes to climate change and global warming and all that stuff. That's a byproduct. When you use, like I just said, with solar panels and stuff, there's the byproduct of you have to dispose of the solar panel when they burn out. You have to do something with all the materials you used. The water you use when you're fracking is a byproduct of fracking. It's something that happens because of the process. So we need to focus on stuff like wind energy where they're the only byproduct is a breeze you know like that's fine yeah breezes are nice (laughs) let me have a sip of my polar seltzer lime it's a beautiful day in manhattan today it's like 68 70 degrees it's really nice Mm -hmm. talk to the people joey what chris means to say
2: is it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood
1: i miss mr rogers oh my god i said what i meant all right let's get into this uh this brussels update last week i know you didn't really want to talk about it but we had to obviously we got to get into it Nothing too crazy here. And it's actually, it's sad, but it's like a nice sentiment, which is why I wanted to bring it up. And I think it's important to highlight lightness and darkness. You know what I mean? Like, this is a nice thing that we're going to quote in a minute. But before we get to that, over the weekend, and this is actually something I find interesting too. Over the weekend, Belgians gathered in Brussels to pay tribute to victims and show solidarity after the, uh, the attacks took place, I guess, a week, two weeks ago. Uh, however, excuse me, a bunch of right wing Hooligans, that's a direct quote from the article, hooligans showed up giving Nazi salutes and shouting anti-Arab slurs and phrases, whatever. Police, Belgian police, surrounded them and dispersed them with the use of a water cannon. Ooh. Right. See, so like in Belgium, they they attacked the shitty people, not the protesters. Isn't that nice? It's like an interesting concept. Like it'd be like in Ferguson when they showed up and they shot the white militia people as opposed to like pelting the black people that are protesting with rubber bullets. So, it's interesting, it's just a little contrast I wanted to bring up. Uh this is what I really wanted to get to and uh. I think you'll you'll like this. M- uh, Michael or Mikel or Michelle Vissert, who's the father of victim Lorraine Vissert, uh was interviewed and this is his quote uh, after the attack. Now this is his daughter got killed in okay. this thing. He goes, this is a pain I think that we cannot describe. Lorianne had extremely strong values, which she defended with great distinction and determination. Values such as justice, fairness, equality between the sexes, tolerance. She was a person of great integrity. And then they asked if, uh, if his daughter had a message to convey, and he said that he would not presume to speak for her. But hmm. he goes, but I'll add this. And this is me talking. I think that building walls and exclusion, that fostering hate, that's heading straight for disaster. I have no anger because first, Lorianne is gone. So now it is time. Uh, now it is to the future that we must look. I say this in all sincerity. It's very hard, but I believe that I believe that life must continue. It's a nice sentiment, and it's also timely when you got this fucking animal Trump out there talking about building walls and we gotta ban Muslims, deport this, fuck that. We're gonna waterboard people. This guy lost his daughter like four days before he said this, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Look, I'm not angry." What good does it do? We need to move. That's, I'm not saying that's easy to do, but that is correct. That's right. Anger is not going to, that's not going to help in this situation. Correct. And that's what we talked about last week with all this. They're like terrorism. They're trying to provoke us. They're trying to get us to react irrationally. Yes. That's the wrong approach. And that was again, the point that I made about Trump where it's like, this guy seems like somebody that's probably pretty quick to anger. That's not the guy that we want leading the country and, and really the world as the United States is the, uh, you know, the biggest leader globally. So I, I really like that sentiment. I think, you know, politicians, particularly on the right in this country, could take, uh, you know, take that advice to heart and potentially. Um it's a nice sentiment, but it's not going to happen. What Joey, you know what? what? You're like a negative Nancy today. What do you mean? That's a
2: pot. I mean, what do you mean, mean it's going not going to happen? Well, well, I just fear that there are some people on the right that, uh, you know, nothing's going to change Trump.
1: No, nothing's gonna change Trump, but but we can. Okay, yeah, nothing. You're right. Probably nothing's gonna change Trump, but the electorate can change their mind and not put the guy into a position of power. And I think when you see stuff like this and you hear that, and if this sentiment was echoed, you know, by other people on the right or certainly people on the left, Bernie and probably Hillary to a lesser extent, you know, then maybe that idea catches on. And you go, eh, all right, yeah, we shouldn't. Trump, Trump's wrong. He's a little too aggressive. There's a lot of people voting for him that are fucking catholic or christian jesus is jesus what was jesus's nickname he had a bunch of them but one of them was prince of peace lamb of god that's not the type of person that's going to go out and bomb people for no reason he's mm-hmm. a he's a loving peaceful person that take the advice from your own god and stop listening to donald trump how about that
2: man you you really been saying trump a lot lately
1: I know. You know, we talked about it before the show, actually. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm just, like, annoyed of talking about him. Like, I I think we're getting to a point where we might just do, like, a a Trump blackout. Like, we might just not talk about him anymore.
2: Can we have a draw that every time you say Trump,
1: I get a dollar? A dollar? Forget it. They they counted last week. I would owe you, like, $100 (laughs) from one episode. (laughs) No, we can't do that. Maybe a couple of, like, a dime or something.
2: Yeah, I still end up a couple hundred if we do that.
1: Yeah, over the rest, for the rest of the election. <laughs> yeah, of course. You'll, you'll be a rich man by the end of this thing. Um, all right. Let's get into this story with just what I was talking about. This is the CIA and like a fucking aggravating poll of Americans uh, that is very disappointing that we're going to get into. Um, and then we'll get into the 2016 update and um, the Apple thing. And then we'll, get, we'll close with the Paul McCartney thing that I think mm-hmm. was really interesting. All right. It's been revealed that the United States CIA took naked photographs of captives. It later renditioned to foreign partners for torture. A former U S official who's seen some of the photos described them as as quote gruesome and that they depict bruised, blindfolded and bound captives. Hmm. The willingness, um, no, oh, this is what I was going to say. I wrote a note to myself. The The willingness of the U.S. post 9-11 to use, quote, sexual humiliation uh, as a tactic is disturbing. And it's strange. To a certain extent, it's like these weird, like, puritanical values where we're kind of, we're, we're pushing sex in, like, all these commercials that we have. You know, like every... Uh, what is that burger chain? I can't think of it. You know, where we're like the Hardee's or whatever the hell it is where all of the models are or like... No, nah, it's not but Ar- It doesn't matter, but whatever. We're pushing all this, like, sexuality all the time. But then we also have, like, this weird, like, repression about it, which I think I guess is changing a little bit. And I don't know. Does that factor into this, where we're we're sexually humiliating? What, hyper-sexed? T- uh, we are, we're hyper-sexed? We're hyper and repressed in a weird way. Like, there's a there, there's a whole... Percentage of the population that is very anti-sexuality and like nope, gay people, nope, absolutely not. Like they're very weird about all kinds of things. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know where I'm going with that. According to some human rights campaigners, these pictures that they've taken and the sexual humiliation that they put these these people through could amount to war crimes. And I have some quotes here. Dr. Vincent Iac- Iacupino, uh says, "Is the naked photography a form of sexual assault?" Yes, it's a form of sexual humiliation. It's cruel, inhumane, and degrading treatment at a minimum and may constitute torture. I also have a quote from Nathaniel Raymond. That's a candidate for name of the year. He's a Harvard humanitarian initiative researcher and a detainee abuse expert. That's what he has to say. Photographing or videotaping detainees in U.S. custody unrelated to the processing of prisoners or the management of detention facilities can constitute a violation of the laws of war, including the Geneva Conventions in some cases. Any evidence that the CIA or any other U.S. government agency intentionally photographed naked detainees should be investigated by law enforcement as a potential violation of domestic and international law." We talked about this way back on MSP 03, I want to say, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, or something. Mm-hmm. I forget which one it was. No, 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 no. It's the United States of America. It's MSP 09 that I always okay. Uh MSP 03, uh, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, was about that climate change denier guy. Yes. Like we went through all the shit and debunked it. That's a fun episode. Anyway, MSP 09, United States, United States of America. We outlined what was taking place in the torture report, the Senate torture report. Abu Ghraib and different Bagram, era, you know, wherever we had people that we were torturing them. The anal torture. Yeah, the rectal rehydration and shit like that. What, what? It's always involving some kind of weird sexual shit where we get these guys naked and we're like, I, how do you feel about that? I mean, th- th- to me, this shit is like despicable. And again, if it's a war crime, prosecute someone. This has, like, you're only gonna stop it by punishing people and stop pretending that, oh yeah, we had to strip these people naked and fucking let them die chained to the wall. Who, how is that getting information from anybody? Do you think that's really gonna work? Well, there's two issues. It doesn't work. The first issue is that
2: nobody cares about these individuals. So that's why there's no charges being brought. And second, the people in charge are purposely dehumanizing right. these human beings and the easiest way to do that is to strip everything away from them.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. To your point that nobody cares about them, what you mean is they're, you know, they're, presu- they're like, some of them are presumed to be terrorists or whatever. They're people that have been arrested. They're not getting tried though, which is a huge factor in all this. But yeah, they're people that are involved potentially in like a war or, you know, could be terrorists or whatever it is. That's the... That's why we have laws. That's the beauty of laws. You don't have to care about somebody. You don't have to even like them. That's why we have these rubrics in place called laws that you just follow. And if somebody broke one of those laws, there's a punishment attached to it. And you don't have to be malicious or do anything. It is literally just what it is. And we can just follow those laws. And unfortunately, if he didn't do anything got the wrong guy gotta let him go gotta let that one go you you do know
2: how some people view rules uh, and laws right yeah well that what that they're meant to be broken yes. is that where you're going exactly yeah well of course
1: meant to be broken or rewritten if we can make the laws better or whatever he says right like uh-huh. make the laws higher well what does that even mean but yeah no 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 that we all agreed on these it's an international community of people that agreed on the Geneva Conventions and international law that's why it's called that it, governs everyone internationally. Mm-hmm. We all agreed that these are the laws, the rules of the game. It's like playing Monopoly and being like, you know what, when I pass go, I'm gonna get forty thousand dollars. Like, no, you can't just change that. Well, you're eliminated from the game. Well, wait, wait, wait. Wait, <laughs> what are we? We're not even playing Monopoly anymore. We're playing whatever game you just created with these different rules and you have a weird torture basement under the board. Like what, what is happening? And that's why you have Guantanamo Bay. Uh, absolutely. It's this extra legal Gray zone that you know can never potentially never be closed until everybody dies. That's legitimate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's illegitimate, but that's what we're faced with. You yes. know, I got this Reuters, and now this ties into this perfectly. This is a Reuters Ipsos poll that I found. Uh, this is of people in america it's americans uh asked about torture which is fucking unbelievable that this still comes up, that we still have to even ask americans hey do you think these things that are definitely illegal and don't work uh should we do them still
2: i think i know where you're gonna go you're going with this uh-huh. but i'm gonna say what i always say please do it people are assuming that these terrorists are guilty thus they don't have any rights
1: So Yes, definitely. That 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 is is
2: the the assumption. Right.
1: That's a factor. Okay,
2: so now let's read the numbers.
1: How likely do you think uh, it is that there will be a terrorist attack in the next six months here in the U.S.? 64% say very or somewhat likely. 20% say not very or not at all likely. Um, Yeah, that's high because nothing happens
2: here. But again, here's the other thing. Thing too. You live in the world of the 24 hour news cycle. So if you hear terrorist, 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 Uh, and then as uh, once a month or something, something happens in Brussels, France, whatever you may, it it does create this feel that it's only a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's a matter of time. No,
1: you're absolutely 100%, you're absolutely
2: right. So maybe that 60 is about right with just how much it's ingrained
1: totally and especially yeah no you're a great point joe yeah absolutely and especially during a presidential campaign obviously there's been studies done i'm not just saying this because we know i don't agree oftentimes with any you know people on the conservative side on the right but people who are republican or conservative tend to be people that are more fearful they just are they react more to fear than they do to anything else you got a lot of people on both, you know, on both sides, but particularly on the right, where yeah, they're stoking fear about terrorism and trying to brandish their credentials of being like tough on terrorism and all this stuff. And absolutely, that definitely factors into it. Coupled with the fact that the news is constantly—you turn the news on, you turn on CNN, it's like breaking news. Uh, we found out something about and It's just always something. It's nothing, but they're like, you know, they find like all the minutia they can about things because it's got to fill 24 hours a day worth of coverage it's always a talking point yeah of course it's a great it's a great fallback because it'll catch your attention how do you feel about the use of torture against suspected terrorists 63 percent often or sometimes torturing suspects is justified which is so aggravating because the torture report came out within the time that we've been doing this podcast so within the last two years it is very clear that none of that stuff produced anything. It produ- torture did not produce any actionable intelligence. It just didn't. The, we can hear it over and over again that it didn't do anything. But still, sixty almost five percent of Americans are like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to do it. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why? It doesn't. It doesn't work. Period. It doesn't work. Democrats. This is what gets annoying, and this is why Hillary, like we talk about, she's a moderate. And she's a war hawk. And you know why that doesn't hurt her? Because 53% of Democrats think that it's okay sometimes.
2: Wow. That's a lot higher than I thought it was. It's more be.
1: than half. That's the problem. Republicans, what would you guess that number is, Joey, of Republicans that think that torture against suspected terrorists is often or sometimes justified? You know what? Let's let Lily guess first. Then you okay. go, Joey. What, do you, what percentage of Republicans think it's sometimes justified to torture suspected terrorists? um always. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, okay. So Lily's guess is 100%. Okay, perfect. Uh
2: Joey, what do you got? I'm going to take it around 70.
1: Yeah, it's 82%. Oh, so nice. you guys are like right right around it actually. 100% it's not even a bad guess. 82%. Um that's crazy. That's crazy. And that's purely out of illogic, uh just fear talking. Like we You know what? The reason why terrorism happens is cuz we haven't gotten tough enough on them. That's exactly. not true. That's false information because there's a whole... There's a 2,000-page book. It's called The Senate Torture Report. Go read it. We got pretty tough on them. Doesn't matter. That's not how you're going to solve that problem. And I also bet you... Well, I turned to Sarah Palma. I bet you that these terrorists, the reason why they are violent and that they result, you know, react extremely to all this stuff mm-hmm. is because they were treated harshly, too, in their Ooh. own... Right? Yeah. So, yeah, let's just keep perpetuating the cycle of violence and hatred and fear and let's never do anything right. Let's never solve the problem, but let's feel good because we, you know, we got to get that number up to 95. Wh- oh, of, of Republicans that want to uh, torture. If you, I'll tell you this, uh-huh. you want to get that number to 95, put a Republican on a waterboarding thing and waterboard them for four minutes and be like, how often do you think that we should waterboard terrorists? All the time. Just please make us up. Right? You, yeah. You'll get them to say anything. You get them to say that Hillary Clinton was a great Secretary of State. You put them under a waterboard, but it doesn't mean that they believe that. That's the problem with torture. Yes. You can get anybody to say fucking anything if you do it long enough. Doesn't mean you can do anything with that information. Yeah,
2: but too, you have to keep in mind, uh, there's this thing where people love
1: to get uh, results.
2: Yeah,
1: totally. and that. I'm glad you said that. That's a great point, too. That is a corporate mindset. We always talk about the idea of infinite growth. Got to make more money than we did last yeah, year. Yeah, you do. Well, how are we going to do that? We st- we're still selling the same toaster that we sold last year. Well, I don't know. Put a clock on it or something, but you better make more money this year. Like, get results. Mm-hmm. At all costs. Cl- it doesn't matter whether it they're, they're made-up results or we're just inflating no, the number. Just
2: get the results. Get the
1: results. You're absolutely right, Joey. Uh, great point. I'm very proud of you. That's very good. Um, All right. That's it with that. I think we should probably move on to the 2016 update. Sound good? Yes. Well, what? Did you have something else to say there? I
2: I was hoping to get to the uh, Apple FBI, but you, you want to do your update to do the update.
1: Jesus Christ. Do you want to do the Apple thing before we do the update? Yeah, I do. All right. So I'll tell you what. Let's hear from Jared and we'll get to it. Okay.
0: Hello podcast listener this is jared freed from the j train podcast every tuesday and friday we take emails from college students and postgrads about everything from relationships to nonsense no question is too small we answer it in a funny and frank and honest way find new and archived episodes of the j train podcast on itunes soundcloud stitcher and tune in check us out
1: all right, Joey. So you wanted to reorder the uh, the podcast here. You really wanted to get to this Apple story. Yes, because it's it's very important. Okay. I mean, do you have something you want to say about it, or do you want no, me to, to
2: bra- break into it first? You're
1: gonna break into it,
2: and I'm just gonna add to a, a few things that I found.
1: All right. The FBI was able to get into the San Bernardino shooter phone without Apple's help. Forensics company Celebrate, according to Israeli press reports. Uh, helped access the phone. And I have a quote here just from The Intercept, uh, an article that I was reading about it. Love The Intercept. Uh, that's where I get a lot of this uh, stuff from. This is the quote from the article about the the Apple FBI situation coming to an end. Security researchers think the FBI is either using a software-based attack or a technique that involves copying a chip in the phone in order to trick it into allowing more than 10-password guesses. So that's Hmm. what they think. So this is what Snowden said. We we talked about it a while ago, and then we had the clip of him last week. He said the FBI claim was bullshit that they couldn't get into this phone. And as it turns out, that was extremely correct. They obviously were able to get into it. They just kind of brute forced their way into the phone. Say what you're going to say, but then I want to wrap it up with this little thing about vulnerabilities, equity process. Was that something you were going to talk about? I was not. Okay, so get into your thing, and then we'll close up with that.
2: All right. So do you remember who the Libertarian candidate is?
1: Rand Paul? No. Uh, Gary Johnson? No. But then, no, I'm out. <laughs> okay, it was John McAfee. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. but, like, not an actual candidate,
2: but right. But no, no, he, he is the actual candidate. Okay, I mean... Okay. He's running for president.
1: However, he's... Isn't he, like, in Belize or something? Isn't he, like, on yeah, the run yeah, from yeah, the... Poli- okay, yeah. so he's not really running for president.
2: No, okay. he... Okay. Just Anyway, go it turns out that the FBI has had a device since 2013 that can unlock the the iPhone. Really? Yes. It's called the UFED Touch. So it enables physical file systems and logic uh, extractions of all data and passwords, including deleted data from the widest range of mobile devices. So they have a device that can unlock the phone. Right. Now, the reason... Well, which is what Snowden said, and everybody kind of yes. said that. Like, people that are in the know about it are like... They can get into that phone, but the point of what they did was they were trying to set legal precedents. Yeah. So that way, if there is ever a phone, yeah,
1: that absolutely. can go
2: straight forward. And
1: if Apple, well, it you creates know, a default backdoor. door. Yes, that, that's the do. right.
2: And then, by the same logic, then they can go to anything that's a Google phone. Yeah. And go, there was precedent set. Apple has to do it. You have to do. Oh, it. Oh, absolutely right. No, totally. Yeah, exactly. So that's the entire to do. time. It was a game by the FBI to break into phones in general.
1: Right. Well, they're like, look, we can do it. But, you know, to be really easy, if they just let us do it. Yeah. Like, then we don't have to waste three weeks. We can just get into this thing right away. It's just a lot of work. We'll do it. We'll eventually get to it. Very good point. You're absolutely right. Now, this is what, this is what I was going to bring up, and it kind of ties into that. This vulnerabilities equity process, which is not something I'd ever heard of, Apparently, the government is obligated to reveal security flaws it discovers to help strengthen cybersecurity. So, that's bullshit. That's not happening. Well, wait a minute. So, no, but they do do it. They, okay. they, there are cases where they'll be, w- whatever, working with Internet Explorer or something, for lack of a better phrase. And they, they, they're like, oh, this is a security flaw. We <laughs> got to let them know. Right. That makes sense. They obviously discovered some kind of security flaw in the Apple phone is the FBI going to actually put it out there and tell them what they did to get into the phone or are they going to keep it quiet forever and never actually go through with that process? It's going to be on the DL for a long time. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the case too, but wouldn't that be the right thing to do though? If they have some kind of process in place where they go, look, this is how we got into the phone. You should really close this, this and this because otherwise people are going to be able to get into it. You know, if everyone did the right thing, yeah
2: this place the world would be very different
1: you could say this place we all live on this place together yeah 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 you're right it would be a different place if uh people did the right thing but not the case and that's also the big problem and i get that's the argument um against government too the government's very secretive like by nature it's kind of secretive even though it's supposed to be just uh you know a place that that represents us and like you know takes takes care of everything but it's not, there's a lot of people that are working there of their own accord and are really, I think once you get into like CIA type of shit, I bet you just lose track completely of why you're doing stuff. You just are in that mold and then
2: it is what it is.
1: Like you're saying, you're just trying to get results at a certain point, right? It's not even about like, we should try to set this precedent because it'll just make it easier for us. Forget about what's going to be good for the country or whatever. It's like you, you lose focus and you kind of just get into your little bubble and that's a big criticism even of people that are in the White House. They get into that White House bubble, that Washington bubble, and they don't break out and go talk to actual people and see what's going on in the world. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else on that? You were very excited about the uh, the, the Apple story? or I mean, I, I like what you brought up. But I'm I, like, I, I think we,
2: we covered that pretty handily.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I think we did too. So this is what we got. We got this 2016 update, which I said is pretty substantial. We're going to get into this. then we'll close with the Paul McCartney thing. I think it's a nice episode. We can hang our hat and be very proud about it. And do it again next week. Every week, forever. All right. It's a long time. (laughs) It's a fucking really long time. TF-IDF scores for Hillary and Bernie. We did the thing, the most common phrases that they said, that we had the Republicans. Oh, we have new ones? Uh, Yeah, we got one for, uh, for Bernie and Hill Dog over here. Uh, now again, now is this for the week or is this all time? No, or? this is for the throughout the twenty sixteen debates and things oh, okay. like that. The things that they've said the most. The TF IDF scores is just a rubric. I I, I want to say the woman's name was Spark or something, but in any event, she created it in the seventies, and it's pretty much just a way of of showing these are the phrases that get brought up the most from this candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's based on a score of. 80. I don't know. I'm not just going to... But Anyway, whatever. You get it. So these are the phrases that they say all the time. Hillary Clinton. To go after, to do more, I think it's important that Senator Sanders, her... friend. She doesn't say a ton of, like, inspirational phrases. It's just a lot of, like, little we do have to, I know how, to do everything I can. It's a lot of very, like, proactive, kind of like, yes. this is shit that I'm doing. Barriers that stand in the way I took on the... These are Hillary phrases that she brings up all the time. She takes on a lot. Yeah, it's, she's got the weight of the world on her shoulders, poor, poor kid. Bernie Sanders, major country on earth, healthcare to all, huh. a corrupt campaign finance system. We hear him saying that all the yeah. time. It's funny because you can really see like this is his message. I mean, yes. he says this shit all the time. Have more people in jail than any other country on earth. The highest prices in the world for prescription drugs, paid family and medical leave, a political revolution, income and wealth. These are like classic Bernie. State of Vermont. The minimum wage. Let me just say this. Does it Bernie's for How about that?
2: And you can see
1: a huge difference. Well, hers are more action-oriented. I'm going to do this is what we're going to do. and Yes, it's self-aggrandizing to a certain extent. And Bernie's are more, essentially, I guess, they're complaints. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then he kind of shifts them and explains what he's going to do and why he wants to change that. But a lot of it is like, this shit is wrong. We need to fix that. You know, those are the two different things. Hillary doesn't usually say things are wrong. She's just like, things are fine. We can do better. I will. You know? Yeah. It's that type of uh, thing between them. Okay. Kind of interesting. March 26th, primary results, Bernie Sanders, a clean sweep. Did he do it again? He did do it again, yeah. Bernie Sanders in Alaska, he took 13 out of 16 delegates available. Uh He beat Hillary 82 to 18 in the vote. In Hawaii, he took 17 of 25 delegates, 70 to 30 percentage-wise in the vote, Washington, which was the big prize. You getting a phone call? What's going on? Yeah. Sorry about that. Anything important? You can say No, I, I, I said no. Okay. Uh, Washington State, the big prize of the night. Bernie took 74 out of 101 delegates, beating Hillary Clinton 73 to 27. It's exactly what we talked about. White, typically these states. Uh, and if he's going to do well, these are the states he's going to do well in. I'm excited about it, but I have a bit of some downer information from Nate Silver that we're going to get into. You have something to say about this. Go for it.
2: Yeah. um,
1: I hope he overperformed like we've been talking about. 100% overperformed. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the important thing. And Nate Silver has been wrong before. Very rarely. I mean, here's the thing. He is dependent entirely on polling data. So if polling from North Dakota is not good, that's all he has to work on. So his prediction might be based on something that's wrong. Typically, once you get to this type of stuff where you're in Washington, like a big state, the polling data is pretty good. And certainly when you get to a presidential election, he's going to be able to fucking call it pretty, pretty well because then you're going to have months and months and months of data. And he'll be able to run that through the machine a thousand times and he can really predict what's going to happen. I trust the guy. He's been right the last two three times. Yes. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, let me ask you this. So Uh you're always talking about overperforming. Do you want to hear how Bernie overperformed? And then we'll get into this article that Nate Silver wrote called, it's really hard to get Bernie Sanders 988 more delegates, which explains how much you'd have to overperform for the rest of the primaries. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear what he did so far? Yes. And then what he's going to have to do? Okay. Bernie Sanders is on a five primary caucus, though. That's a factor also. He does very well in caucuses. But, okay, the last five, he's won and overperformed. In Alaska, he got 13 out of the nine he needed. So he Mm, went over.
2: Nicely done. In
1: Hawaii, 17 out of 13 that he needed, big. In Washington, he got 74 out of 59. So that's a pretty big overperform. That's great. That's exactly what you're talking about. And if he's to do this thing, he's going to have to – keep at that pace. He's going to need to win about 57 to 58% of the remaining delegates. Mm. If he gets 50, say 2% and he's close and you can convince some super delegates to switch over. He's got it. He's still got it. We'll see what happens, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I'd have to believe that he'd have to win all the pledge delegates. And then the super delegates would switch over to him. Okay. This is going to take a second, but let's go through it because uh, look, like uh, Victor said, we're always singing the gospel of Bernie on this podcast, rightfully so. I don't take nothing from him. I agree with him still. I love him. I wish he'd be president. God willing, that will still happen. But I think it's fair. We got to be honest with the Samsonites and the nobodies, and we got to let them know this is the real shit. And like we've been saying, Hillary's probably going to be the nominee, and this is why. All right. These are the original prediction, the original amount of delegates that Nate Silver had Bernie needing mm-hmm. to get the nomination. He's revised it, and then he gives the uh, popular vote margin that Bernie would have to win by, which this is interesting. You should write this down when you're watching the results. If Bernie's not at plus 8, plus 15, whatever it is. He's not doing he's it. He's not doing it, so that's an easy way to pay attention to it. All right, California. Originally, he needed 239 of the 475. Now he needs 274, Ugh. which is a plus 15 in the popular vote. Who knows, but probably not. He's behind even in California. So it's going to be tough. New York originally needed 125. Now he needs 128 out of the 247 available. You don't have to win by four in New York. So that's potentially doable, but Hillary, it's kind of her default home state as it is actually Bernie's home state, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'll just pick some of the bigger ones out of here. Mm-hmm. You you get the point. But definitely, it's it's really hard to get Bernie Sanders, 988 more delegates. That's the article at 530, and if you want to check it out, we'll be referring to this clearly. New Jersey, our home state. Bernie now needs 67 as opposed to the 61 mm. that Nate Silver originally uh, forecast. Out of the 126 delegates uh, available, he'd have to win New Jersey by six points. Maryland by nine points, Wisconsin by 16, Indiana by 16, Oregon by 48, Puerto Rico by 10, Connecticut by 13, Kentucky 20, Mexico eight, West Virginia 31, Rhode Island 33. He's got to win the North Dakota. He's got to win by 56 points. This becomes the problem. California is the big one. If he can win, say he won California by 20 points. Mm -hmm. He's got it. Probably he's going to be in really good shape. I don't know if that's going to be possible. Is he going to win Wyoming by 57 points?
2: Do you know what? What? Whose numbers only go down and not up? I
1: know. I know. We like to say that, but... It's a marathon. Like for here. See, this is interesting too. In Delaware, Clinton can win by five and Bernie would still be fine. Yeah. So he can lose one and still be okay, but he's got to win all these other ones. Oh, Maryland, Clinton can win by nine and Bernie would be all right. Look, go check out this, the article. But it's like, I don't want to be a downer because I love the guy and I'm really happy about how he did in Washington and all that stuff. She's but- going to get arrested. and It's okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I just don't believe it. I,
2: I don't think she's going to make it to the convention.
1: Uh, uh, Joey. Uh,
2: I don't know. You want to bet on that? Yes,
1: you do, gentleman's bet. A gentleman's bet of one dollar. That's yep. a, that's our classic friendship bet that we do because I don't want to bankrupt Joey. Yeah, uh, Hillary's not going to make it to the convention. All right, you heard it here first. Lily's our witness. We saw it fifty minutes or so into this podcast. Uh, okay, Hillary's going to make it to the goddamn convention, Joey. Okay, just wait. All right, yeah, I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. All right. Birdie Sanders, Birdie Sanders. Did you see Birdie Sanders? Yes, do I did. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I'm gonna play it. You're it gonna make, play the clip? You're gonna yeah, play the whole it, clip? Me, it really makes me happy. But it doesn't make a sound. If it,
2: you know, it's an audio show. You know, it's a podcast that we do. We'll
1: explain it. Don't you worry. Okay. For people that have been paying attention over the last week or week or so, Twitter went crazy over this. Twitter went crazy. Uh, a bird showed up at one of Bernie Sanders' rallies, and it was adorable. He had just had an adorable moment with this bird and people really freaked out. And um, here's why I'm going to play it. I Mm -hmm. love it. It makes me happy. And number two, there's a certain percentage of people out there that are like, that's a sign. It's a sign to vote for him. Hillary, when Hillary Clinton saw that she smashed her egg salad sandwich onto the floor. and was like, get me a parrot or something. She freaked out because that's the type of shit that happens where you can't predict it. And it's like, that's going to swing some voters for sure. And what could you possibly do about that? nothing this is bernie sanders giving a speech and then little bernie sanders shows up and melts my heart do do you have the gif of this the gif yeah
2: so somebody made a gif i hope
1: uh you could well, well, I have the play clip all day i have the clip all it's b- believe me Joey, day, it's, playing, it's playing in my head and my heart all the time i don't know why this didn't play yet god damn it come on here we go okay lily did you you saw this clip right
0: I haven't seen the clip, but I've seen the
1: you seen like tapes. the meme yeah, about it yeah? Memes. Oh, you're going to love this clip, it's adorable <laughs> <I'm> All <excited. laughs> right, Portland, Oregon, March 24th This is Bernie Sanders uh, at the podium And he gets an unexpected visitor In Oregon and Washington and
2: Vermont To understand That if he or she Does
1: their schoolwork Seriously, does well, takes school Oh, now people start laughing And Bernie's like, what? And then he asks Somebody in front of him, like, what? What's going on? And then they're like, there's a bird over there Yeah Now he sees the bird. Everybody's excited about it. Gets better.
2: (laughs) Now you see, this little bird doesn't know it.
1: Oh, and now the bird flew up on the podium, Joey, and the crowd goes insane. It's so cute. And that's how elections are won. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, he did go on to dominate the rest <laughs> of the way. It's adorable. Uh, Bernie's just looking at the bird, being like shrugging his shoulders, like, what are you doing here, little bird? It's adorable. Okay, now the bird flew away. Everybody's is excited. It's very cute. A little different than a Trump rally, right? At a yeah. Trump rally, somebody would have pepper sprayed that bird and cooked it for dinner. No punches thrown here. Nope, not at all. And in fact... A different message from Bernie Sanders. I think, I think there may be some symbolism here.
0: I know it doesn't look like it, but that bird is really a dove asking
1: us for world peace. No more wars. <laughs> I love that he took an impromptu thing like that, like the bird showing up to be like, "No more wars." Like, yeah, I, gonna hammer it home. Ah, uh, he's uh, he's just great, isn't that a very? That's cute, Joe. That's yes. nice. That's a heartwarming impromptu thing. If that happened to Hillary, I'd be just as. It's cute. She would have the.
2: She, she would have no, bit the head off the bird. No, she,
1: she's a mater, she's a maternal. She's good to Chelsea. She's got her granddaughter. Robots are not maternal. Well, it depends. You don't know that. You don't know that. What about Tay? She seems sweet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, but anyway, so anyways, that's just like a cute thing. I, you know, it doesn't mean anything. No, but it's kind of cute that the bird shows up, Bernie reacts to it, and it's like just a nice moment. So that that's interesting. Um, no, no.
2: I, I think it means more than that.
1: So you're one of these people.
2: Because first of all, it's a sign.
1: And second of <laughs> so all... I don't know about that. Second of
2: all, it gets people talking about Bernie Sanders.
1: Yes, it's good media coverage for him. It's great Absolutely. media coverage. Uh, Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren who we love. We played that clip last week. Great end to the podcast. I thought Elizabeth Warren said last week that she will in fact make an endorsement in 2016. She also had a comment about Bernie that I'm going to read real quick. She goes, he's out there. He fights from the heart. This is who Bernie is. He has put the right issues on the table, both for the democratic party and for the country in general. So I'm still cheering Bernie on. Please, Elizabeth, if you're going to make an endorsement, wait a week before California and come out in favor of Bernie Sanders. That's all I need you to do. He needs more than that. That would go a long way. A long way. That'd be exciting. And it's interesting that she is going to make an endorsement. So keep our eyes peeled. I love Elizabeth Warren, and I think she actually can make a big difference in this election if she came out, particularly uh, for Bernie. No? I mean, yes. Okay.
2: Um Actually, is, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Because uh, any, hold on, wait, hold on. I was
1: yeah. going to say, li- Lily, stepping out. Thank you, Lily. I appreciate the work Fine. you did today. Thank you. Go okay. Ahead. What I was going to say is that it's preaching to the choir. What, what is? I'm sorry. I lost track of what we were talking about. What is preaching to the choir? Oh, Elizabeth uh, Warren? Warren, if she... No, I, 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 to an extent it is probably, but I think... Sh- She's a she's a different voice. They're talking about the same issues in different ways, kind of. I mean, they're mm-hmm. both kind of probably on the same page, how to solve a lot of those problems. But I think they both have different rhetorical styles. I think she's more analytical. She's more professorial. She was a teacher for a long time, I think. You know, I think Bernie's more bombastic, more big ideas. I think they're just like a good mix together. So, well, because, look, Bill's out there campaigning for Hillary. There's a lot of people that agree with Hillary that are out there campaigning for her. That's technically preaching to the choir, That's but I think true. you just get a different voice. You get a different spin on it. And look, don't underestimate the fact that she is a woman, Elizabeth Warren, who is different than Hillary Clinton. And, you know, that, that could draw people away from Hillary. And maybe they go, you know what? Well, maybe this woman would be the vice president or she'd be involved somehow in this administration. I, I think that does go wrong. She might have way. a spot on the cabinet. I would, I would have to assume that she would, and actually in that, now that you bring it up, in that Young Turks interview I was talking uh-huh. about, they, they asked him, they asked Bernie, would Hillary be in your cabinet? And he was like, mm, no, no, you know. Uh, he's like, maybe somebody like Elizabeth Warren. I think he would, obviously, have her involved. God, that'd be great. I'd love it. I'd love to see that. All right. Donald Trump, the fucking jerk that I'm sick of talking about, that we might, honestly might be done talking about next week, um, revokes his pledge of support for the GOP nominee in a uh, MSNBC town hall. This is Donald Trump.
0: Months ago, you oh, CNN, excuse me. The Republican nominee, whoever that may be. A lot has changed since then. It sounded, when I was pressing Senator Cruz on it, sounded like he was saying he'd have a hard time supporting somebody who he went he after his wife. Honestly, he doesn't have to support me. I'm not asking for support. Would, I, do I you want, play, do you I want the people's support. Do you he continue to pledge whoever the Republican to, nominee is? Look, uh, no, I don't anymore. Look. Uh, you don't? I, no, we'll see who it is. I you mean, won't promise who, to support the Republican nominee. And he was essentially saying the same thing. Let, let me just tell you, uh, he doesn't have to support me. I have tremendous support right now from the people. I'm way over two million votes more than him. So like, the pledge you took is null and void, the idea of I, I who, been, supporting whoever treated, the Republican nominee is, you say you will no longer guarantee that you will support the Republican nominee? I have been treated unfairly. Look, oh, stop it.
1: Where have you been treated unfairly? By who? What are you talking... Like, that's shit. That's, like, complainer shit. He, he's supposed to be this big winner and all this crap, and he just complains. Oh, I've been treated so unfairly. No, you haven't. Where? It's not complaining if it's true. It's not true. How has he been treated unfairly? He believes he, it. He's on TV every day for four hours. What what? He you can say whatever it. you want. I know. He believes uh, He believes a lot of things. He believes Mexico's going to build the wall. It's not going to happen. Right? No, I have. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, um, even the cruise. crowd there is like, oh, come on, dick. Cruise people. Uh, I've been
0: treated, I've been treated very unfairly. Uh, I'll give you an example. Unfairly by who? uh, I think by basically the RNC, the Republican Party, the establishment.
1: All right, that's Donald Trump's uh, take on the whole thing. That's it. You don't have anything to say about it. I don't know. Listen,
2: you said Trump a lot. You've been saying Trump a lot. Now you're getting me saying Trump a lot.
1: I'm not a player. I just drop a lot. Uh, also, his campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, was formally charged with misdemeanor battery, stemming from an alleged incident with former Breitbart News reporter Michelle Fields last month. I have a question. Yeah, Is something alleged when you see it? Like when there's video? Yeah. Until you're proven guilty, it's still alleged, but... Oh, okay. i you know. just joking. Let, let me say this. This uh-huh. is a little... No, I mean, this was something we talked about before the show. Last week, I said that the video was very clear of this happening, that like they can complain, you know, they can pretend like he didn't assault somebody, but he did. I was talking about a different incident completely. Apparently, there's a couple of incidents out there. The Michelle Fields one is like a little tougher to tell in the video, so... Uh, Whatever, but I mean, if you watch the video, you can see that something obviously went down between the two of them. But there was another incident in Arizona with a younger, like, boy there mm-hmm. who was protesting that definitely, if it is Corey Lewandowski, gra- yanks the kid by the back of his shirt, by his collar, and, like, that's clearly an assault of something. Like, that's what I was referring to, so... I don't know, so there's a couple of good incidents out there with uh, Trump's fucking campaign manager attacking people. He's a very hands-on type of guy, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, he's exactly what he is. Let's close up with this. Yes. Paul McCartney and the Beatles catalog. The Beatles. Paul McCartney has begun the process of regaining control of the Beatles' U.S. catalog, the Lennon-McCartney collection of works. It is owned by Sony and ATV. Now, that's like the company, Sony Mm -hmm. ATV. U.S. law allows for living artists to apply to take back the right to their works 56 years after the initial publication, 56 years after the initial publication of this stuff would be 2018. All right. Okay. McCartney had to file a claim. This is like crazy law two to 10 years prior to the 56 years lapsing. So the earliest he could have um, applied for this was 2006. No, 2000. It expires in 2018. I don't know. Is this sad? I can't do math. Well, anyway, he had to apply two to ten years before, Uh okay, to to get – I can't believe I can't do that math in my head. That's so sad. Whatever. It's been a long time. All right. Anyway, so he applied for it. Michael Jackson – bought ATV, the company that is now uh-huh. partnered with Sony, for $47.5 million in 1985, the year I was born, like we said. Merging with Sony in 1995, Jackson's 50% stake in Sony ATV, he's about to sell, as the state is about to sell it, for $750 million. So that's yeah. a pretty good investment. Yeah, that's how you make some money. Which I don't even, that amount of money is only going to keep going up. $750 is a low number for all of the Beatles' music. Yeah. That shit's going to sell forever. Yes. Forever and ever. It's never going to not Never and something. ever. Yeah. It is out in the forever. Here's what I was going to say. So, well, wait. Well, also, how do you feel about this? Shouldn't fucking Paul McCartney, if he's alive, still have control over the music he wrote? Why should some fucking corporate conglomerate have control over his music? It's his. He wrote it. Because. Fuck that.
2: It all goes to the royalties.
1: Yeah, and which he, he lost should get. the
2: royalties. Why?
1: Why should he have?
2: Because back when they did that, he wasn't smart enough to protect his work. Fuck that! Smart enough. He no, wasn't he, smart enough you know he he was did not even ma- protect his work, and that's what happened. You know what then he, Michael Jackson bought the royalties. Yeah, well, yeah. Michael,
1: Jack, what a good guy Michael Jackson was. Yeah. Paul McCartney was the one who taught him about the whole royalty thing. I know, they were friends, and that really damaged their relationship. Here's the thing. Paul McCartney was busy creating the best music anybody's ever heard. So I don't care that he wasn't boning up on copyright law. Fuck that. He's Paul McCartney. Him and John Lennon wrote all the songs, and they made some of the greatest songs you're ever going to hear. And I don't give a shit that Sony wants to own it, or that Michael Jackson fucking bought the ATV. Like... It's just, at a certain point, that's common decency, right? He should have control over
2: his own work. Well, here's a shitty thing about it. All the songs he
1: co-wrote with Lennon, he doesn't have access to. Why? Because Lennon's dead. Oh, yeah, because that dummy Yoko Ono actually controlled Lennon's half of the, the catalog. Right, she sold it and made some kind of deal, right. Yeah, yeah. So, right, he's really just trying to get his own percentage. So it's really a... I don't know Maybe what percentage a be, of whatever Yeah, a quarter they did. of whatever it is, right. Exactly. So let, let me say this. this is just, well, let's wrap up with this little bit of a conversation. So anyway, that just pisses me off. I understand practically that they're not just going to let artists have that. But like, w- why? Why can't we live in a world where you can just control your own work and image? And if you choose to license it, it can be for just for this period of time. You know, there's a reason
2: why laws are written the the way they are.
1: Right? Well, these are this is totally different than like international torture laws that are written to, because there's emotions involved with this. It's just fucking gobs of money. Yes. And you know who should be entitled to the most amount of money for writing the Beatles' music? The Beatles. That's who should be in control of it, right? Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't work like that. Well, maybe it could. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of things that don't work like that, this is what I want to wrap up with. This is this little thought that I've had, and I don't know, maybe we can flesh it out, maybe you can ask me some questions about it, whatever, but I, I've thought about it in varying degrees, and this probably isn't the the most complicated version of what I'm about to say, but you'll get the point. Are we moving past the concept of money? Nope. Once you get... Wait, let me finish. Okay, sorry. Didn't mean to step on you. Once you get to a certain level of success or fame or whatever, everything kind of becomes free already. Once you have $800 million, You can do anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. You can eat wherever you want. You probably have access to pretty much everybody you want. What if we literally established some kind of thing where once you get to be Paul McCartney, where you've done everything, you're beloved, you've made all this music, why, why do we even make you use money anymore? Why don't we just give you a fucking thing that people can scan on your phone or give you a tattoo or whatever it is, a chip or whatever, where Paul McCartney, wherever he goes... Just come on in. You're Paul McCartney. Dinner's on the house. It's fun. What? Here's land. Here's some land. Here's a house. We'll build it for you. You did enough. You win. You know what I mean? Because at a certain point, then why are we going to let like people tie up billions of dollars in offshore accounts? Forget it. You don't even need that anymore. Put that back into the economy. You're good. We'll give you what do you want? A boat. Here's a boat. Whatever. You've done enough. You understand understand what I mean? Like people have done great things in the world. We can figure it out. We'll set the rubric, but, you know. If anything, it should be the other way. Do you get what I'm saying, though? Yeah, but if anything,
2: it should be the other way around. He should be paying extra and doing extra to give back.
1: (laughs) How dare you? He wrote, hey, Jude, leave him alone. No, but you know what I mean? Does that make sense as a concept? It's probably not practical, but it makes sense. It it, it doesn't make sense, but
2: I'm going to go with not practical.
1: I mean... Name somebody else, like Paul McCartney is a great example, but like name somebody else that is kind of universally just beloved. Steve Jobs. Well, I, I didn't. I wasn't a big f- fan of Steve Jobs, but okay, but I'll accept Steve Jobs. Right. When he was alive, what difference does it make anymore? Why does Steve Jobs need money? He doesn't. Let's just let him have a house. Let's let him have land. You know, it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to build. And then if you want to build a gigantic house, fine. Then you got to spend money. But like... I would take that deal if I got to a point where, say, this podcast was the most popular podcast on Earth, and they were like, "Look, we could pay you millions of dollars a year, or whatever. But here's actually what we're gonna do: we're just gonna give you a bunch of land, and then every restaurant you go to, you just eat for free. And like, whatever you want to go to the Ranger Game, go for it. That's fine. You're you're you. You did a great job. That'd be great. And we can call it some kind of like artistic, or creative, or whatever level that you reached." And you you win. You're certified You're certified free.
2: I think that would enter dangerous territory. How come? Due to the fact that you would end up having a class of people that would be above humans.
1: No, it's not above humans, but it's like you look at somebody and you go, you know what? You've reached a real high level of humanity. You did a nice job. You did a good job. It doesn't have to just be art. It could be like good Ga- job, Mar- Gandhi, Gandhi or whatever. Zuckerberg. Uh... See, that becomes the problem. That's like, Mm -hmm. I want to say no, but I guess he's done a pretty good job with the shit that he's done. I mean, I probably don't like him. I got to be honest, but I don't know why I wouldn't, but that's that becomes the problem. Right. Of course, there's there's very few people that we're going to agree with all of us together, you know, but anyway, that's just my thought. I just think it's an interesting idea. You Samsonites, you let me know what you think about that concept. Obviously, I don't think it's actually something that we're going to put into place. But just the idea of moving past money and, like, figuring out how to get to a, a point where, again, like we're talking about with Bernie, pay for healthcare. You just have a base level of security. You get a house, you get some food, and you have some healthcare, And then whatever else you want to do, it's really up to you. And whatever you achieve is up to you. But you know what? It's like we're only here for a short period of time. Let's enjoy it.
2: I think at the end of the day, there's not enough wealth in the country. It's plenty of wealth. To actually do that.
1: Plenty of wealth. It can be an international fund of, like,
2: billions there, of dollars. There's
1: this it, there's got to be a reason why it hasn't been done. Because cause that's a concept people don't, won't believe in, where it's like, well, that doesn't seem fair. I mean, they need money. Okay. It's just, it just rap, people wrapping their heads around it. But, you know, I guarantee that if you put it in place in a realistic way and, like, it made sense, people get on board with that. People get on board with a lot of crazy shit. They're on board with waterboarding. It doesn't mean we should be. <laughs> you can get people on board with a lot of shit. People people are actually, if Trump is the front runner, that's not going to happen, but they're on board. Anyway. He's going to get it. No, he's not. Go wash your mouth out with soap. Listen, this was a good episode. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Joey, did you have a nice time? I had a great time. you have anything final to say to anybody? We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Uh, You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Leave a uh, rating on there, a little comment. That's very nice. I noticed a few people have done that recently. Thank you. Uh, We appreciate it. You can go on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash mandatory Sampson. Leave a comment on the episode. Uh, I will respond to those. Joey doesn't sometimes, but I'm going to make him. Ooh. If anybody talks to Joey, uh, he will respond to you. Coming at me. Yes, oh. I am. Listen, you got to commit. YouTube.com slash MandatorySamps and you can watch the full episode video uh, of this episode and like most of the other episodes. Uh, starting at like episode 40-something. I've been doing it now. Uh, you can also watch the show stream live every Thursday at 4 p.m. We started a little late today, but... It is what it is. Uh, email us, mandatory Sampson, at gmail.com. You can be like Victor and get your podcast, your email read on the podcast. Uh, twitter.com slash mansamp. That's your boy right here. Joey is twitter.com slash
2: Joey from Jersey with a Z.
1: Snapchat, same usernames. Joey confused himself with his Instagram account. Yep. Uh, I'm mansamp everywhere. Uh, that's it. We will be back Next week, talking about whatever and whoever. And thank you for joining us. We love you. Goodbye.
0: This has been a Stand Up Labs production. Powered by digital media.